Hello and welcome to the Man Dad podcast. Each month we look to bring you two podcasts. We'll be, take, we'll be talking to both men and women who have expertise in all aspects of life. The purpose of Man Dad is to provide a unique service that fills a gap in the market by reaching men who are struggling with their mental health, self-confidence, parenting and sense of community. We hope that the podcast will allow us to bring you experts who will be able to help you push through your current struggles. Mandad provides a safe space for dads to connect, learn, grow, develop themselves and work on becoming better parents. We also publish a monthly magazine just for dads. Inside you'll find news and information, man stuff, dad stuff, parenting stuff and some fun stuff too. To find out more, go to www.mandad.media. My name is Joe Rammel and I will be your host. This week, we have another exciting guest for you. As well as being an author, today's guest is a marketing consultant, charity director and open water swimmer. He is also a divorced father. After graduating from Bradford University and working for, uh, working for and running a number of marketing agencies, Patrick rediscovered his love of writing in his late 40s. The Dummy Pass is his book, hopefully of many, and the idea of the book came as him and his ex-wife were separating. It is the book that he wanted to be able to read to his son at the time, but also it is the story he wanted to hear as a parent. The Dummy Pass has been described as an original, imaginative and sensitive book beautifully capturing and conflicting uh, the conflicting emotions of a boy desperately trying to find firm footings as his world begins to fall apart. And I think at some point we can all resonate with that and I'm sitting here now certainly resonating with it. So I'm very pleased to welcome Patrick Smith. Hi Patrick, welcome to the Man Dad podcast and thank you for agreeing to spend some time with us. Not at all, thanks very much for having me, hello. Hi. So let's jump right in and tell us about yourself and your parenting situation. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, I mean, as you said, I'm, I'm, um, I look forward to anyone watching the video of this will be able to tell that straight away, I'm sure. Um, I, my ex-wife and I split up um, eight years ago, I think it is now, and um, seven years ago, I think. And yeah, so since then I've been a, a, a sort of, well, the way I describe it, I said I'm a, I'm a part-time single dad. So um, tonight is one of the nights. Uh, my lad's now 15 and worrying more about uh, GCSE mocks and, and probably girls without telling me and playing rugby and, you know, things like that. So I don't have to do quite as much direct hands-on parenting. But, um, yeah, so that's that. And then subsequent to that, uh, I'm also in a new relationship and my partner has... Uh, four kids so um we're soon going to have a, a, a blended family of five kids which is uh which is hugely exciting actually so yeah yeah that's um <laughs> i suppose that might be a little bit daunting going from having one child to the prospect of having all five running around causing chaos and um bringing you quintripule the amount of issues that you may have been used to do in the past yeah i mean it's to some extent it's 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 kind of having half a child and i only have him half the time and we we now in a situation where 
I had my son uh, 50% of the time. I think like most dads, that wasn't the case to start with. Mm. Um, we've been able to remain friendly throughout all of this, my, my ex and I, but, um, you know, the automatic assumption even from us was that she would have him more of the time soon after we split up. So, so that was, that was that, um, yeah. So I have, I have, you know, in effect half a child or a child for half the time and I'm moving to having effectively five, which, um, actually, um, yeah, there's moments of sort of, I think nervousness about that, but I'm, I'm actually genuinely very excited and, and all five of them are amazing kids. So I, I, yeah, I'm just, yeah, it's going to be brilliant. Yeah. It's, it sounds like you're, you're entering into an, a really exciting new chapter in your life. So yeah, cool. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So your book, The Dummy Path, um, is going to be published soon. Yes, um, very soon. Um, yeah, it, well, I, I just, in short, uh, it's the story of a boy called William. It's aimed for um, eight to 12-year-olds, and it has themes of um, friendship, bullying, rugby, divorce, and a magic portal. <laughs> the... Um, yeah, I mean, the longer element to it is that it's kind of the book, I think you said in the introduction, it's the, it's the book I wanted to be there for my son and I when we were going through this process in the early stages. It's the book that I hope, I mean, it's not based on our situation at all. It's obviously there's something, something's drawn from that, but it's not, it's not, it's not um, meant to be a representation of that, but it's, it's, it's the book that I hope gives some people, I don't know, hope that it will be okay. It gives people, um, you know, if I'm being incredibly grand and, and self-serving, it gives some people a template for how it might be okay. But that's not what it's really intended to be. But it just shows that as you're going through that process, that it can be okay. Now, it's put into a fictionalized sense. So there's elements of rugby in it. Um, rugby helps the young boy in this scenario who's called William in the book it helps him to gain confidence um, while his parents relationship is falling apart around him so rugby becomes a metaphor for that um, he's got a couple of great friends and, and I think that's really important for everyone that they're, they're really strong there's some interesting adult characters um, we learned that one of his teachers has been through something similar and I think that is um, shocking for kids to hear that realize that they're not the only ones going through this or having gone through this that that um people that certainly from the outside look very successful have also gone through these kinds of concerns and worries and and, and yeah and nervousness throughout it um and then there's a magic portal element where um yeah which which adds an element of fancy to it but also again allows william to to gain additional confidence and to gain additional um yeah strength of character i suppose as he's going through uh, his parents separation yeah i think um i think many people i've spoken to often start writing a book that is is for them <laughs> like a support and then ends up being actually something that is then released to to help others um, and as you say it's, it won't be even though the book is for for everybody to read and probably take something from it may not it may not um, I mean my way of doing things isn't the same as everybody else's but it mm -hmm. does open up your 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 eyes and 
the creativity of and as you say it gives you the possibility and the you know things will be okay you just got to get through them and this is one way that it, it can be done so yeah no i really like that i think it's um in life if we can help others in any way shape or form it's um it's definitely something that we should be doing when uh, what's the date uh, what's the release date of the book well um so hopefully actually um we're talking on the monday the 15th of november hopefully this week oh god no oh, right I so yeah it's it's the, the the sort of it's um you know like most books nowadays it's not being published with a with a major publisher that's got a million pound marketing budget behind it unfortunately so it's kind of you know me and some social media friends so um and there's again unfortunately there's sort of different systems to get things launched into the world of amazon and so on as i'm sure many of the listeners already know about this kind of stuff so it all depends on on the algorithms working properly but but you know very soon great perfect well i look forward to seeing it um, like any good marketeer i should point out that that's well in time for christmas for people <laughs> absolutely yeah for sure and i think what a lovely there are some really lovely books out there that have got sentiments that are very similar to to your style of book that actually would mm -hmm. make a really lovely gift for a child um or indeed a parent who's going through something like this at the moment well i mean to some extent i hope that, that i hope that this is an enjoyable story whether you're going through this or not you know it, it's not meant to be pious in that sense it's not meant to be worthy i think if you write a book intending it to be worthy it, it can sometimes not everyone but it can sometimes fail as a book so i hope that it's just you know a good story and a, a, it, it's not a not a um well i was gonna say a page turner but it, you know not in that kind of dramatic yeah. sense necessarily but i hope people enjoy it and they want to keep reading it i think if you are going through i think if you're not going through this then it shows perhaps some of the struggles that other people go through that you don't notice because everybody certainly as dads we tend to say yeah we're fine you know and we're not always yeah um and then if you are going through it if you're if you're a kid going through it a boy or a girl hopefully it just shows that i think uh, the main thing for me is that other people have been through it is that hopefully oh, both as a parent or as a child going through this you recognize some of those emotions and if I can write about them in a fiction story. They must be generic emotions that people feel in this kind of situation. So you're not alone. That that's kind of the main thing I hope that people get from it if they are going through a similar situation. No, okay, perfect. Um, I know we've talked a little bit about um, the fact that you the book was written because you were going through a separation. Mm -hmm. But what was the what, what actually inspired you to write a book? I know it was obviously something that helped helped you get through that period, but what made you go, you know, I'm going to write about this, I'm going to start writing it down? What When did that happen? Um, I mean, the, the, there are two answers to this, like there are most things. There's a very long answer, which is I always wanted to be a writer. As a teenager, that's how I thought I would have a career. And then I realised that it's very difficult to make any money like that. So I, I sort of... I shelved that and, and, and almost forgot about it completely. But I've always had that sense about me. So even, even the, 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 you know, the career job I've, I've had, there's a lot of writing involved in, in, in yeah. marketing and day-to-day. -day. Yeah, of course. Um, 
And then I think like many parents that separate, we did the thing where we separated, we'd made the decision, but of course we couldn't afford to, to leave the house we were in. So I effectively moved into the spare room. And again, I think that's a, a, a story that many people probably recognize. And I was just I was just lying in bed one one night and a scene came to me almost in its entirety. I'm not trying to pretend it was a vision or a dream or anything stupid, but I could just I could just imagine a scene happening to do with separated parents and how they the prism through which they view their child now and how they do that separately. And that scene came in its entirety. And I realized that actually it was quite good and that I didn't want to lose it. And so I decided to write a book around that scene. Okay. Yeah. No um, prizes if people guess what the scene was, but um, yeah. No, okay. <laughs> I'll leave that until we read the book. Um, so what made you write the book from the boy William's perspective and not from the dad, being that you are obviously a father? Um, I think I think there are a couple of things really. I think I think that's truer. I think you get from kids you get sort of the, the naked truth a bit more. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and I think the thing that I was trying to explore was was that sense of confusion and and just not understanding of the adult world for kids now i think it's also true that some adults don't understand the adult world and and you know have a lot of confusion but yeah. i think i think i could present the story from a from a from the boy's point of, point of view without any of the sort of games or politics that sometimes come into the adult conversations in this in this situation and I also think that I could show some of the confusion at those games and politics. So I think there's, you know, obviously as you go through a process like this, you end up reading your own book about 12 times because you need to edit it. And every so often there's a paragraph that I just think the kids reading this won't get that, but I'd like to think that the parents will smile at it because yeah. there's just something that one of the adults does that the kid only half sees because they don't see the full picture, but they, you know, passes them by. But the adults will go, oh, okay, I, I know what the mum's playing at there, or I know what dad's done there, but it's, the boy William doesn't. It's actually. like a good Disney film that's good for the whole family. Yeah. You know, there's a scene and, and the children go, oh, that's, that's great. But we're the ones really laughing because as an adult, we get it more than the children do. So, yeah, no, that's um, it's a very clever way of writing. And I, think, um, and I think you wouldn't have been able to do that as much if you had written it from the father, from the dad's point of view. It would have been from the dad's point of view. That, I think we, you probably would have limited you a little bit because as you say, there's a real innocence about children and this book goes through a whole yeah. learning experience yeah. as he becomes the mysterious, we'll go into that in a second. Yes. But, so yeah, I think that was definitely a better way of doing it. And it's, um, yeah, so the magical portal in the book, it yes. provides some great scenes as William becomes Billy. <laughs> um, how did that develop? <laughs> um, 
I don't. I, part of me doesn't know. I don't want to sound like like a like a really you know um, horribly arty writer, darling. It just happened. But genuinely, some of the scenes did start to happen as the characters developed. Um, the idea of Billy. Billy is there as um, William's vision of of a confident, older, successful version of himself. Billy's there to represent that William can not only get through it in the short term, but actually very successfully gets through it in the long term. And that's what I wanted to represent. Um, the, the, the magic portal is, is never fully explained on purpose. We never quite know exactly who Billy is. We, we don't know whether it's, you know, some kind of modern storytelling multi-dimensional multi thing or or a dream or it's the equivalent of if you're as old as i am you know jamie in a magic torch or a mr ben moment yeah um that's intentionally never explained but billy represents this not only will william get through this now but he will he will be successful in, in his own world in the future he will be you know by successful i mean well-adjusted and grounded and secure and have friends and all of that kind of stuff that's that, that's more important than, than anything else when it comes to success for me and so it was billy was always a device to be able to show that yeah no i, I think there's so many as i mean you talked about it at the very very beginning when we started all the different elements i mean this book is about and and what I like about it is the fact that it does cover, it covers both, you know, the child and the parent. And, mm -hmm. and I think as adults and as a man now, I don't know whether you still, I don't know whether I still look at things the same way, whether I look at is, is having friends as important now as it was when I was, um, you know, when I was younger and, and developing friends all the time. But the more I think about these things, actually, friendship to me is important as, as well as, you know, dealing with fear. And again, fear is something that's quite new when you're when you're a child. You know, you, you learn it. Yep. It starts imprinting on you. But now. Fear for me is a, is a huge. Is sort of the monster in the in the room a lot of the time. And it's, it, it comes from me. It's not even. It's not even the, somebody else's monster. It's mine that I'm afraid of. Yeah. And yeah. that's really difficult to overcome. And I just, I just love the way that, you know, you watch. And when you talk about the transfer of William becoming Billy, and it's, it's what he learns to get there. And he's got the friendship from Tom and Finley. And, you know, you, everyone's got to deal with the bullies. So you've got Stephen and Harry in there. I just <laughs> love the way that it... It's almost like, you know, this is how you become, this is where you have to go through to become a man. Mm -hmm. and, and, and looking at it on the other side is, is, are these things still important to me? And actually, they all are still important to me. And I still, I think men still struggle with all this stuff, as well as children do. But it just, it just becomes different. It becomes a different animal. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. I think, actually one of i mean this is obviously moving away from from what the book's about but i think one of one of the biggest struggles for men is that element of friendship and what friendship means and how much you can share and what you can talk about and i i think for 
the majority of men, uh, you know, classically men's friendship is different from women's, um, which which is sometimes a truism rather than the truth. But I think men sign up to that belief as much as as much as it being you know in, inherently and genetically true, and. And in particular, men that are going through separation or, or recently, you know, re-single or whatever it may be, I think that 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 element of a of, of a lack of friendship. I mean, you know, for most people, you, you your spouse is one of your main friends, and if you're a bloke, mm. you often have most of your friendships group are based. You know, most of your male mates are the are the husbands of your of your of your wife's female friends and it can make it very difficult yeah and suddenly a lot of that is taken away and i think men forget how important friendship is and i i know when i went through this i you know um again i'm 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 sat i, I still live in the flat i i moved into once i've moved out of the, the shared house and i sat in in the front room that I'm, I'm talking to you from you know for evenings on my own not knowing what to do next the nights that that my son wasn't with me i went through lots of very difficult times where 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 yeah where i had nothing to do i had no one to talk to yeah. you know work became a a, a massive release because i had someone to talk to yeah yeah it's um it doesn't really matter how old you are if the struggle is there the struggle is always real and yeah and one of the things i like and i'm just to, i'm going to go back on to um I'm going to go back onto the, the questions I have, but I think it's one of the good things about man dad is the fact that it does it represents all. Whether you're mm -hmm. whether you're an 18 year old guy just starting to get into proper relationships, or you know you're becoming a dad for the first time, or you're about to get married, and or you you know you split up with your long term girlfriend, and all these things all these things challenge us. Or you've been made redundant, or you've lost a job, or or you've been married for 60 years and you've just lost your wife. You know, it's like, what do I, I don't know what to do next. Um, and I would like to think that Mandate opens up for everybody to get some support from, which is why we're doing these, because anybody listening in will hopefully gain something from all of them. Yeah. Um, or not, maybe not all of them, but some of them at least. Um, I, I, and again, just, just, I mean, slightly bringing it back to the book, but I think it's that sense that other people have gone through similar things that you're feeling. Yeah. even if you don't know those other people makes you realize you're not quite as alone as you thought you were and yeah. that alone i think is very important yeah, yeah um yeah no i totally agree feeling feeling uh, the, the feeling of being alone is is um it's a scary place and when you and i think when you're having a when you're having a troublesome time um reaching out yeah very difficult for men but, very but difficult. I, I think I think when you're having a troublesome time, it's not only the fact that you feel alone, you also feel like the only person going through that yeah. ever in the world. And it's true, don't get me wrong, your personal circumstances are incredibly personal to you. But that, you know, many, many other people have had very similar emotions under slightly different circumstances, but, you know, had those emotions, had those feelings and have eventually come through the other side. There is, there is always a path for, for people through whatever it is, through to the other side. And there are always stories of people that have got through to the other side, no matter what it is that you're feeling, as terrible as sometimes it may feel. Yeah. And, that's, and as you say, one, 
everybody does feel that this is only ever happening to them right now. Mm -hmm. not. There'll be millions of other people who are in very similar situations, whether it be divorce or whatever it is. Um, and I think having somebody that you can talk to to realise that you're not alone. And actually, most of us don't ever go through a really unique situation. It's what hundred thousand been here before. And that's why having books that you can read, which explains this is the hole I fell into and this yeah. is how I got out of it. Yeah, and this might help you in some way. Exactly. So we talked about it hopefully being published in like this week at some point. Um, where would you be able to get um, a copy? Um, I have a website. Okay. So my website is patricksmith.uk and yeah. you can find a link to it from there. Um, obviously, it'll be available on Amazon as well. It's not there just yet. And that's one of the sort of publishing timelines that is uh, is not down to me, it's down to Amazon. Um, um, obviously, um, if you buy it through me, I pay more taxes. So that's good for the country. But, you know, Amazon's also more convenient. So, uh, <laughs> pays your money, you take your choice. Um, <laughs> I'm hoping, I mean, it's, you know, again, it's, I'm hoping to get it out into bookshops. It's, it's a bit of a sort of, um, yeah, you know, uh, young writers unknown. I say young in the sense of, i.e. first book, not, not my actual age, obviously. Um, unknown, you know, first book, all that kind of stuff can be a bit of a slog. So yeah. hopefully it'll be in bookshops. If people want to persuade their local bookshop to, to get in touch with me and order a few copies, that'd be amazing. But um, yeah, I mean, the, the main ways to get it at the moment are through my website or through Amazon. Okay, cool. Um, I will make sure that the um, your website is, is linked on here at some point. Um, I have, Great, thank I you. have people that make things flash up either here <laughs> or here or there. <laughs> um, so do you have any plans to write any more books? Um, uh, yes, actually. So um, I, I said earlier that um, this has been something that I've wanted to do since I was, since I was a teenager and um yeah it, it, so this this book just just reignited my love of writing um one thing that i haven't explained is how long this book took me to write so the way i so i, I talked about um splitting up with my ex uh, um about just over seven years ago having the idea then um the way i describe it is that i i wrote half the book in six years and i wrote the second half of the book this february <laughs> I, I just decided I, I needed to, to do it and not leave it, not leave it as, a, as an unfinished Word document on my computer, basically. Yeah. Um, and I loved that process. So I wrote about 30,000 words in February. I just sort of finished work and, and, and pretty much every night wrote between 1,000 and 2,000 words and just, just got on with it. Yeah. And I loved it. Yeah. And so I don't have other, other children's books necessarily, but I do have at least a couple of ideas already for, for future books. And yeah, I'm starting to, to, I'm starting to think like that. So things are coming to me and I go, Oh, that's a good idea. I'll, I'll, that could be a book. I'll turn, I'll jot that down. So I would love at some point to, to, to you know, to not be a marketing consultant and occasional writer, to, but, but to be a writer and occasional marketing consultant yeah. um that that would be the sort of dream career for yeah yeah no okay nice i like it well i know i know a couple of people who um have got uh, publishing companies and um they may well be able to help you to get your books out a bit quicker than than the six and a half 
six years and one month maybe <laughs> yeah 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 no I, I i i hope the second one i write a bit quicker but yes i think it's one of those things isn't it you just life always gets in the way but i think you just when you make up your mind you just get it done it, 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 and it comes back partly to belief. I just didn't believe in it. I didn't know. I didn't believe in me doing it enough. This has still been a very strange process to go from writing about the book or writing the book to talking about it. Mm. And, and while I was writing it in the process of writing it and editing it, I couldn't have had this conversation because the book was too much me. It was too personal. It would have been writing, a, talking to you about me. And, and, and that was too close. Now it's a book. It's, a, it's an actual physical book. I've actually got a, a proof copy in front of me. So it's an actual book. Now it's an actual book. I can talk about it. Yeah. And that's a much easier to have the conversation. And I can believe in it. When it was still in my head, it's really difficult to, to try and sell it. it. It's just a strange. Yeah. I just found that really difficult. I, 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 I get and understand that actually. Uh, especially when you're talking about something that something you went through that makes it even more raw and more difficult but yeah when you've got a physical thing that's a product of it and it's been written to help others and to entertain others yeah i, I love that so what um i'm aware that we've been we're probably around the sort of right time-ish now so what advice would you offer other dads going through uh, a separation or divorce um I, I mean, yeah, I, I think, again, I, I, I don't claim to be able to give, you know, relationship advice or, or, or any direct advice. I think I know some of the things that worked for me. The things that worked for me were um, as much as you possibly can respect the other partner and, and try and take any, any anger and bitterness out of that relationship, at least in the, at least in the, the relationship that, that, that refers to the kids. Um, I, I, to some extent, my ex and I were very lucky and that we decided to split up before we hated each other. And that meant that we never got to that point. Yeah. But I think one of the things that, but we could have drifted into that. We could have chosen to allow ourselves to hate each other, if you know what I mean. That was the sort of, that's what people expected of us. And we, we both of us, and, and, you know, she did this as well. We both of us worked very hard to not hate each other. And I think that is what has allowed us to effectively co-parent from that point on. Don't get me wrong. There are times where there are situations where um, hating the partner feels like the most natural response. There are situations where, where, you know, the dads will put themselves in a situation where they will be hated as the most natural response. Yeah, I think for the kids, you have to try and take that out. What's then worked for me is... I was able to develop a, a father-son relationship with my, with my lad that I hadn't had before. And so, um, you know, again, it, it surprised me when I was married how traditional we were in those roles. I didn't think I would be, but we were. She did most of the parenting. I did most of the outside of the home working. And, and that meant that I didn't really have a relationship with my son. Yeah. Um, and so I worked really hard to do that. I, I, I think being a dad is, is not about, you know, days out and ice creams. It's about 
bedtimes and story time and 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 discipline and making sure breakfast's on the table at the right time and those things and actually doing as many of those little things repeatedly you know repeatedly consistently as possible and develop that relationship i hope that you know if i brought him into the room now he'd he'd let you know that he can just trust me to be there and that's all i ever wanted to do especially when kids are going through a feeling that you're not there because you're separating from the other partner. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So I, again, I don't claim to, to be able to, to, um, you know, to give any direct relationship advice. I just know what I, what helped me. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and maybe the word advice was wrong. I suppose it was more, you know, what, just what you've learned. And there's, they're both some really powerful, they were both really powerful. And I think that a lot of couples, when they're splitting up, they forget that the end goal is for them just to not be together anymore because that's, that's, they just don't want that. Mm -hmm. As you say, they, just, they make it about who gets the house, who gets the three-piece suite, who gets to look after the children more. And because that's a push-pull thing, it's where the, 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 the anger and the pain comes from rather than just going, as you did, you know, we don't want to be together anymore. So the end result is just us being apart and doing it in a way that doesn't ruin potentially what the good stuff that we had. Um, uh, and listen, don't get me wrong. I'm not for a moment suggesting we were perfect. I'm not trying to paint myself as, as oh, no, no, better, no, no. you know, but perfect for this. And, and, and very difficult. Yeah, I, I'm sure my ex-wife will, will, will could give you a long list of things I did wrong. And, uh, you know, um, <laughs> but I think but I think you're right it's about trying to look at the bigger picture and I think also think that it's not about yeah it's not about trying as much as possible it's not about trying to point score and you know there are some lessons that that you know I've been taught about you know when you receive that communication that that just makes your blood boil you know whatsapp or email or letter from the solicitor exactly put it down for 24 hours yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah just come back to it what what actually do you want to achieve by responding rather than get that sort of emotional hit of, of response you absolute you know yeah. whatever just, just try and, and solve it and that's a lesson that i've been taught over the over the last few months you know but i think for me that the fact that you you even try and try and do those things is you know it's it's a lot of people just don't bother they just go for the i've received this what have you sent me this for and it's on the it's always on the attack so the fact that you, even if you try <laughs> and write it back, it, it's a good. And the other one is the building and having to, and I suppose for me, I, I think I'm fairly similar. You know, my relationship with my father now is very different to what it was when I was a child because like, you know, you found yourself. My mom stayed at home, looked after us. Mm -hmm. My dad went to work. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of time, he would maybe working seven days a week sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't really see him because he left for work by the time I got up and he was, I was in bed by the time he got home. So yeah, I think very similar with him. Again, the relationship wasn't really there until much later on. But the fact that you, I think you're right. In today's society, you know, women don't just stay at home. There's a, there is really is co-parenting is a real, you know, it's not just, this is your role, this is my role. It's this, we have to share these roles. And mm -hmm. I think most households now do have to share you know, cooking, cleaning responsibilities because not everybody's around. But 
I love the fact that you, you made a point of being there for the small things repeatedly to help mm -hmm. that grow and, and help that transition. That's, um, that's as a kid, if you, if, if you miss. Well, as a kid, if you wake up at seven o'clock in the morning and you're hungry, it's more important that somebody's providing you Weetabix than they're planning a day trip to Alton Towers the following weekend. Yeah, yeah absolutely. No, yeah, you're, 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 very, you're, you're very right. You are right, because that's the materialistic stuff that really doesn't matter in the big scheme of things. Uh, routine is huge. Exactly. And, and, you know, my son and I developed a routine where nearly every night he's here, we sit down and we watch some kind of series that we're watching. And in the early years, it was some stuff that, that you know, I didn't understand or bored me to tears or was some cartoon of something. But yeah. it's a series we've committed to watching and that's what we did. Yeah. Um, now we watch stuff that I love, don't get me wrong. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's 15, so it's very different. But what he hopefully got from that is just time with me. Yeah. And, you know. So you're never, you can never get back. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I'm not trying, you know, I'm not trying to pretend I'm perfect. But I, I made a conscious effort to try and do as much of that as possible. Yeah. Well, no, and I think that's, um, and I, I think it gets missed by so many I think it's missed by men because it's not, it's not their role a lot of the time. They have to, they have to really find themselves, have to figure it all out, and they don't think along those lines. So, it's, I just I, I, what you mentioned is a, is quite a powerful um, point for men to just think about. I, I think they find themselves in this situation. Yeah, I, I think, I think there's a lot of situations where men allow themselves to be swept on swept along by society's expectations of them and partly sure. no matter how busy your job is it's often easier to do the work outside the home because you're in a formal structure and you've got a boss and you've got people that work for you and you you know you can have a to-do list and if you're depending on what kind of job you've got you may have someone that writes that to-do list for you and books your meetings and you know and it's don't get me wrong it's quite glamorous to go on flights and it's you have business meetings and you feel important and all of those things although you're very busy are often easier than than you know wiping up for a child that's been sick on the floor plus trying to help another one with their homework while you've got another one that needs to do some baking tonight because they've got to take cakes in tomorrow or have a fancy dress costume made for them at eight o'clock at night or whatever and and i missed all of that stuff in the first few years because I allowed myself to miss it yeah because you know we fell into that pattern where it was her job was the home and the child and my job was the was the was the money and you know at weekends to cut the lawn kind of thing yeah. and and we fell into that. that's I that's, that's still happening today really a lot ab absolutely and don't get me wrong if it works for couples it works for couples yeah. but I think that I think that it's only after splitting up did I realise, I mean, I, I, I was aware of some of it, but it's only I realised how much I was missing with yeah. my son. And, and, and this is by far and away the best relationship I've ever had. And it's amazing and I love it. And it's because I was able to have time with him and I made that conscious decision to, to want to, you know, for a long time, every night he was here, everything else got put to one side. Yeah. you know work did going out to the pub did you know obviously all of that's relaxed now he's a lot older it's very different but when he was here for whatever it was 
four nights a fortnight, they were just for him. Yeah. And and yeah, again, don't get me wrong, you know, playing with Lego on the floor when he was seven was wasn't what I wanted to do in an evening. But it's what he wanted to do. Yeah. And as you say, it's that's about building the bond and spending the time doing yeah. And obviously now it doesn't matter because now it's you know you've as he grows the 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 things that you do are more aligned with what adults would do anyway or as, as guys hanging out yeah yeah exactly I mean he, we're not quite going to the pub together yet he's only fifteen but <laughs> um, you know give it about three weeks and we might be so yes yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well look it's been really lovely speaking to you Patrick I um, I wish you all the very best with your book and. Um, You'll have to uh, let us know when it's um, the dummy pass. I will put up your link. Uh, you'll have to let us know when it's out, and um, and I'm sure Lord will probably announce it in the um, in the magazine as well. Actually, just a, a little mention. I'm sure. Great. Or on the website, whatever, or on or one of one of our many uh, links. I'm not, I'm happy to uh, when it's when it's out for you for to share it on my um, on my social media for you. Great. Thank you. But thank you very much for your time. And, Not um, at all. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you. And all the best. Thank you so much. Cheers. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay.